This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry. Also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hi folks, Tino here with the Countdown to Kickoff. I had a Celtic v Kilmarnock on Saturday, 3 o'clock kickoff at Celtic Park. It's another crucial game in the title race. It's as tight as it possibly can be at the top of the table. And helping me cover this one is Asim. Asim, what's your general thoughts ahead of tomorrow's game? It's, uh, it's exciting, isn't it? It's, it's maybe not uh, the kind of exciting we probably wanted. Um, a, a couple of months back, we didn't anticipate being in this situation, but um, we are where we are. But it's at that stage where you literally, you, every every game, every stage of the game, um, you know, normally... Uh, a typical kind of home game if you're a couple of goals up or we've not even been in that situation for a while but if you're two or, two or three goals up and there's 10 15 to go everyone's the game kind of peters out but regardless of the scoreline tomorrow you know that it's going to count right to the end because it, it is pretty much um at that stage now where it's it's neck and neck and every goal counts and and everything is just heightened and then the, the kind of tension and nerves even more but i'm looking forward to it um i think it will be It'll be a tough test, but one that, you know, it'll really, I think we'll get a good indication of where we're at, given how the kind of performance and result goes tomorrow, I feel. Yeah, very much so. And, you know, <laughs> people have, understandably, um, probably myself included, bemoaned the fact that we, we find ourselves in a title race, you know, given uh, how far ahead we were at one point in the season. But as for it is, we can't turn back the clock. And I think, you know, to your point, you've got to embrace it. You know, that this is where we find ourselves at this moment in time. And yeah, of course, Brendan Rodgers and the, and the players have got a job to do. We've got a real part to play, Aston, you know, and it, you know, it kicks off again tomorrow at Celtic Park. I think the fans, you know, will be vital and hopefully getting Celtic yeah. across the line here. What about the players themselves? I thought it was a pretty decent <coughs> performance, not a sparkling performance, but a decent performance last time out there against St Murn in the Cup. How do you think they'll be feeling in general at this moment in time? Yeah, I've, I've spoke about it. Um, wins kind of breed confidence, you know, even if the performances weren't great. And that's why I think the 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 manner of the Hibs victory, despite how bad the performance was, was so key, key because you could see the, the celebrations at the end. And then the St Mirren one was a, was a definitely an improved performance. Again, like you say, there was there was definitely concerns in there still, but it was, it was an improvement. And it's kind of similar to the run we had pre the winter break. Gradually, the performances got better, didn't they? It was... Um, 
I think we had the Livingston at home, which wasn't great, but it was got us back in winning tracks. And then you yeah. had them DOA, the the Derby win, and then the St. Mirren one, which was probably the, the peak of the bunch. So you're kind of hoping we kind of go on a similar run again now where it's just gradually better performances. And as much as we're at the nitty gritty where it's all about results, part of me does think the, the performance is, is quite important as well now because you want to see us really have an intent. And if we keep struggling to even have that, then that's where the concerns come. But I think the, the signs were there in the St Mirren game that there was an improvement. And and you've touched on the players there. I think they'll be feeling a bit more confident. Um, first time back at Celtic Park for a while. So you just hope that there'll be a, a bit more of a positive atmosphere. And, and I think there will be. And if, if the fans are in good good voice and the players give us something to sing about early on, you really hope that we can kick on. And Kamarik's going to be a really tough one. But... Um, you know, I want to see us really, really pepper the goal right from the off and, and start with a, a serious intent tomorrow. Yeah, and I think you're right in terms of, you know, let's hope the the fans, you know, unified are, are at it from the start. And on that note, I just want to highlight something that's, which a lot of folks might have seen on social media. So the Green Brigade posted something out, I think, last night. Um, and I'm just going to read it out just to explain to it all. So Celtic stands with Palestine. As the Gaza genocide continues shamefully unabated, we invite the Celtic support to join us in song to commemorate the 30,000 lives lost and the millions struggling on. Grace is a song of love, hope, loss, pain, steadfastness, resistance and freedom. Join us at the start of the match to pay tribute to the fearless people of Palestine. And I think that's a great thing, Asim. I think without getting too dramatic, peaceful protest has got to be encouraged. And I'm not going to get into the, the detail of what's going on out there just now. I know you spoke brilliantly, actually, on Al Jazeera recently, and that was quite a powerful um, episode as well, worth checking out. If anyone wants to have a look, we'll link to that as well. You've obviously got strong feelings, as have the a lot of the Celtic support in terms of what's going on in that part of the world. But this is the Green Brigade, I would say, at their best. This is a really good thing. It's a really positive thing. And I think it will really set the tone at the start of this game tomorrow. Yeah, 100%. Um, you know, for all the, they, they come under a lot of criticism at times, but you look at some of the work they do and in, involved in charities, food banks, things like this, it's just about gestures. It's about making their voices heard and letting people know that they're showing their support and solidarity. So 100% fully, fully um, commend their, their actions. And yeah, it's a lovely song. Um, so hopefully the more people that can get involved in that um, will be will be great at the start of the game. And then, and then obviously we can, you know, get on focus on the football after that but 100 percent, i've said it before and I've, you know you mentioned the al jazeera episode and on other platforms as well I've, I've spoken openly about it and i don't shy away from it it's something i'm i'm passionate about and um and i'm i'm proud i'm proud that there's a large amount of the celtic fan base and particularly the, the green brigade who kind of front and center of that um stand up for these causes it's what made me really support celtic even more so as a kid growing up learning about the history of celtic learning about the things that they stand up for um, and it's something that I'm, I happily kind of rejoice that that um, I'm proud to be a part of that Celtic family. So yeah, tomorrow will be a, a great moment when, if that goes ahead. Yeah, yeah, great to hear that, Asman. I think it could be a pretty special, pretty poignant moment. So right at the start of the game, everyone encouraged to join in and sing in grace. Um, just another uh, short announcement, not to become a, a public announcement service, but there's also uh, a food bank <laughs> collection taking place tomorrow. Really good group, Celtic supporting food banks. Uh, they're back at Celtic Park from 12.45 to 2.45 tomorrow on the Clover, uh, just off the Celtic Way. So if anyone can contribute in any way to that, that's another great thing to be doing. Uh, let's get back to the match action, uh, Asim. So last time out, we've talked about that St Martin game, and what we've definitely seen was that change in formation. 
Um, you call it four four two, call it four four one one with Kyogo and behind Adam Ida. Do you think we're going to see something similar tomorrow? I hope so. Um, it's what a lot of people were crying out for. Um, St Mirren away was a brave game to do almost because I felt that they're a team that were on form and and you did see in parts of that game that they were they were on top. Uh, whether that was down to just just the way the game went or the fact that maybe that lack of third midfielder. Um, but for a home game against Komarik, where you kind of foresee the pattern being them playing a pretty low block, um, us having the, the, the lion's share of possession and, and going at them from the off, I think it's an ideal situation again. You've seen how much Kyogo was was a lot more involved, the amount of touches he was getting um, in the game. He scored a, a lovely goal as well. So, yeah, I like the, the line cut. I like the dynamics of having the two up front. Again, I think we're at that stage. It's all about, look, it might not come down to goal difference, but... We're at the stage where goal difference is in the discussion now. It is, you know, it is something that you can easily see it as the, the weeks tick on. That you know, week by week, it, it will become a, a bigger factor potentially. So, the more strikers, the more attacking players we've got on the on the pitch. Um, I really want to see us creating more chances now, Tino. I think that's something that um that has been a concern is is we're not actually creating a lot of chances in a lot of the games. So, if we've got Kyogo and whether it's O or Adam, um, Ida, Ida, I always get confused. We'll go, we'll go Ida for now. To Ida, Ida. I, I'm, I'm sure it's been confirmed somewhere. I think someone said that um, it, it came out how it's best supposed to be said. But yeah, I think um, if we can have the two of them kind of bouncing off each other, Kyogo getting more involved, I think that will serve as well. And I think a home game is uh, the perfect opportunity to kind of carry on and see how that goes. Because I think when we changed it again last week, back to the, the three, I think we lost control of the game again. Um, when when we went back to the one up front, so yeah, I'm hoping that he goes with the two again, and you'd like to think he will. It worked pretty well, I thought. So let's hope so. Yeah, Adam, he does one who's certainly interested me, and to an extent excited me. I thought he showed real bravery, real character at Easter Road uh, a couple of weeks back. Now, just with the, the two penalties, two very different pressure penalties in their own way. You know, one in the very early stages of the game. What was it? Ten minutes in, and had to wait for a bit of time as as Alistair Johnson was treated for his injury. And then the, the second one, of course, you know, 91st minute. Um, I've talked about Tony Ralston's tackle in the lead-up to that penalty, and I've described it potentially, maybe over the top, I don't know, as a title-winning tackle. But you could certainly um, class Ida's penalty as potentially a, a title-winning penalty. And it's been a strange introduction to life uh, in Glasgow for him. Still a, a very young man, 22 years of age. Um, obviously out of favour, out of sorts at Norwich, but he's come up here. And he's starting games of football. He's obviously getting the, the minutes under Brendan Rodgers. All being back now from the Asian Cup will put pressure on that. But I think at this moment in time, he does put himself in a fairly decent position to get you know a decent amount of minutes tomorrow. He's got that unique stat down the rounds where I think he's his first three games in a Celtic shirt have all been away from home and all in different kits, I think. Well, the home kit, the second kit, and the third kit. Useless trivia, I asked him, but that's, that's what we're here for. Um, but what do you think about him in general and his start to life in Celtic? I think he's been pretty encouraging. Um, he's the, the first game when he came on against Aberdeen. I thought he looked lively straight away and, and helped us create the, the equalising goal. Against Hibs, I, you know, he, he missed a couple of chances. But again, to, to have the, the nerve, you've seen how many problems we've had with penalties over the last couple of years. So, like you say, the first one just to get the, the ball rolling, but the, the one in the last minute, I don't think it's um, exaggerating to say that had we missed that, could you imagine the fallout if we dropped you know, two two games in a row um, on the back of the, the transfer window finishing. It doesn't even bear thinking about it. I think that goal was monumental in terms of keeping us in this, uh, not in a title race, because obviously the, the points gap would have still only been two, but 
just the psychology of it. Brendan Rodgers spoke of it. You you see all the kind of the mood within the fans since since that goal and since it's a Mount game. You feel that things are now a bit more uplifted. Um, people are a bit more just like we're putting all the kind of stuff behind us now in terms of the transfer window, the previous form, and everyone's just now pulling the one direction. We've got thirteen games to go, and it's it's just about getting everyone set in that mindset that right, okay, we've got the experienced manager, we've got experienced players that have been there and done it, um, and they'll they'll the kind of ones that will help the players like. Adamida through this. Um, I think he's came in and did well. I think again last week he, he missed a, a reasonably good chance, but I think his presence helps. I think it just gives us a different option where we can play the ball into him. He's a willing runner um, and he can link up play with the likes of Kyogo. So yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing him tomorrow at home. Um, am I right in saying that'll be his first, yeah, his, his first um, home appearance? Yeah. Uh, so let's see how he, he he pans out. And I think having the option of O as well. Uh, you know, I think I've been crying out to see Kyogo and O play together quite a few times earlier in the season when when that was an option. We didn't really do it much. Um but the the fact that we've got three kind of different options now bodes well for for the running. Yeah, and you know to an extent to a huge extent actually I think it makes us less predictable. You know, we've very much yeah. gone with the four three three for the most part since Brendan Rodgers came back in. And whether it's by design or just the way it's happened, we've seen Hugo very isolated. He's still chipped in with a, a reasonable goal return, but he, he isn't as pro- prolific this time around. And this new system seems to have opened them back up again. He got the opener last week and a lot more touches than we'd seen in the, yeah. the few games prior. So I think it just gives defences, if nothing else, more to think about in terms yeah. of when Celtic are breaking forward. It's not just Kyogo sandwiched in between two centre-halves. There's your you know, your second strike at the hat or potentially your own Russian midfielders. And I think it's it's been a good move. Even just in terms of penalties, like now having a, a trusted guy that you, you feel for penalties, because, that you know, how many have we missed in the last couple of years in, in the big moments? So just having him on him, that's not to say he might not miss one, but at least you've got someone who's confident enough and whether he does or doesn't miss, you feel like you can rely on him. So um, for that reason alone, having him on the pitch... And not not to say that we're going to get a penalty, but um, in the in the off chance we do, then it's it's nice to have a, a trusted penalty taken on the pitch. Sure, is and he, he's tucked those two away with real confidence so far. And I think as well, just from his personal point of view, real big moment for a young Irishman to to make his first appearance at Celtic Park. So good luck to him. Hope it's a big day for him. Um, let's look at the the lineup in general, Asim. So not confirmed just yet but the suggestion certainly has been that Greg Taylor yeah. is certainly available for this one Burnaby is a guy who I don't know if he does he divide opinion or do most folk think he's not good enough with a small amount of folk thinking he is I'm not sure but there's certainly different opinions doing the rounds he done okay at times against Hibs and okay at times against St Mirren there's a lack of consistency with him though there's certainly a lack of defensive savvy you know he doesn't seem very yeah. defence minded so what do you think we're going to see does, does he retain his place or if Greg Taylor's fit does he come right back in in terms of Burnham I'm not sure he divides opinion I think everyone's pretty set now that he's had a couple of years and he's not really done enough to cement a <laughs> well maybe he does divide opinion as I'm saying that um, I, I don't think he's done enough to to want a regular start or to be trusted. Um, I actually thought he was good against St Mirren. Um, I've seen some stats doing the rounds of just how erratic, and I think that's the word to describe him, his performance was. He he does some, some things really, really well, and then uh, other aspects he's he's the worst player on the pitch for. So, um, yeah, defensively you worry about him, but the, the, the issue is in a lot of our home games at least you'd like to think we're going to be on the front foot and I thought um, offensively last week he was pretty good 
against St Mirren. Uh, he travels with the ball. It's probably his biggest strength. He can he can travel with the ball pretty well. Um, but if Greg Taylor's back, he, he for me definitely comes in. I think he was coming into a bit of run of form before his injury. Actually, he hasn't had the greatest of seasons um, compared to last. But I think the the three or four games before his injury was probably his, his best performances. And I just think he's he's a trusted, um, experienced player who again has been been around the block. And I think the more of them we've got in our starting lineup in the last 10, 10 12 games, uh, the more important it is just having the likes of McGregor, Taylor, Hart, CCV when he's back, Matt O'Reilly. Um, can make all the difference. So if he's fit, and I, I don't know when the press conference is, I think it will be in the next maybe hour or so, so hopefully we'll hear an update soon. But if Taylor's fit, I'd imagine he'd come straight back into the team. If not, what Burnaby's done last week by not being awful, <laughs> and actually that's, doing, that's been harsh, I thought he was probably one of our better players. So, you know, you credit where it's due. Um, he... He, it wouldn't concern me if he was to start tomorrow. That being said, I think they've got Danny Armstrong who caused his problems last time, albeit yeah. that was against Greg Taylor. So, you know, it was Greg Taylor who struggled against him last time. But you'd like to think we've learned our lessons from both our defeats at Rugby Park um, against Kilmarnock. So whoever comes in uh, tomorrow, you'd, you'd like to think we're in a, a better shape than we were in that game. Yeah, I think so. And you're right to highlight Danny Armstrong. I think he's... Actually, one of the the best forward players in the league. I think he's very effective. I think he'll go to bigger and better things. And whether it's Greg Taylor or Burnaby, it's one that Celtic really need to look out for. Um, you were laughing at the comments. So San Fran Celtic on screen just now says, Burnley baby must start, which is fine. That's all good. Uh, not sure everyone agrees, but I'd be more inclined to lean back towards Greg Taylor if he's fully fit. And we'll see how that goes. Um, on the, the other, other benefit side, with sorry, the other benefit with Taylor maybe coming back in is in the midfield then, if we are playing uh, Ida and Kyogo, it kind of makes up for that because Greg Taylor ends up playing as a, a, a midfielder and helps out McGregor and O'Reilly on the ball. So that could be something, again, which which works in our favour if we're going with that formation tomorrow. Yeah, you've got Taylor who naturally inverts. I, I think he, he can't let it go. It's the it's the muscle memory from his time under Ange. He just naturally drifts in and, and takes part in the midfield. You've got the, the more advanced version of that with Burnaby. He just drifts wherever he wants. He ends up at right wing and centre forward <laughs> and, and all over the place. But... Uh, such as has has won. Um, yeah, so on the other side of defence, Tony Ralston looks like he'll continue to deputise for Alistair Johnson for some time. I've not actually heard a formal update, yeah. I don't think, on, on Johnson, and hopefully he's recovering well from that, that head knock. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, I mentioned during the week we took a clip from our weekly show which highlighted the fact that in our opinion or I think it was my, my own opinion that Tony Ralston, <laughs> Stephen Welsh and Callum McGregor three academy graduates I think played a really important part over the last couple of games it's not all about skill and ability which is a huge part of football course it is but sometimes you need a bit more sometimes it's Celtic you need a bit more and I think these three guys along with Joe Hart who I think has been excellent they've been the real characters that have stood up to be counted and and show that desire that you need to get across the line sometime. Yeah, it's you know, Ralston again, he he is probably someone that divides opinion. Um I think he's been a very able backup to Burskiranovic and then almost there was a point where he was people were arguing that um, Ralston should be our, 
first choice right back during Andrew's first season. Um, and then even with Alistair Johnson, I think whenever he's came in, he's done a good job. Whether he's good enough for us to, to be a regular first teamer and, and take us to the next level is up for debate. And, you know, I'll, I'll probably argue otherwise. But um, the the tackle was, was an exactly the kind of thing that we need to see. Um, it's exactly the, like you said, it was... It wasn't even 50-50. I think it was James maybe that mentioned it in, in your podcast that it was 80-20 yeah. in the other person's favour and, and Ralston, that kind of commitment and determination. Again, let's say Marin last week, you see the likes of Scales and um, Welsh celebrating blocks and clearances. It's going to take that kind of stuff now. It's small margins. So every little uh, tackle, every little kind of saving challenge um, and having those kind of leaders and players that have been around the block that know Celtic, know how important this it is, you know, that's what we need right now. We need players, and I think that's where McGregor is going to really kind of see us through the line, the likes of Hart and McGregor, because there's no margin for error now. Every game is huge. We have to win every game pretty much, and and I just it, it, you kind of get a bit of reassurance with those kind of players in your lineup, um, Ralston, McGregor, Hart, even Taylor. Just the fact that they know how important it is, and they'll like the likes of Palma in front of them, or Bernardo players, other players that are maybe new in the new in the door this season. They need the kind of leaders around them to to highlight and and let them know that there's no slip ups allowed now. Yeah, and I'm quite assured and quite happy, um, you know, to have these players in the starting lineup at this moment in time. Not sure if it's yourself, Asim, or one of the other guys on the show saying that, you know, hoping he's okay, of course, from injury, but it could be a bit of a blessing in disguise that Ralston comes in at this time, yeah. just to bring the kind of grit and determination he brings. There's a debate over whether he's technically as good uh, as Alistair Johnston or not. I don't think he is. Others think he absolutely is, and, and that's all good. Um, his crossing think, ability as well, I'd say, is probably one of the one of the better players on the yeah. team that with crossing. And again, if you've got the two guys up front now, and if you're looking for different ways to to break teams down, which I think we really need to do now, it's not just going to be the same old that way we've been playing for the last three four weeks. If we're getting balls into Ida and um, things like that, again, Tony Ralston can can whip in a good cross. So yeah, I don't. For me, it's you know obviously wish Alison Johnson the speediest of recoveries and. Um, he's, he's an important player for us but it's not a major concern for me that Ralston's in deputising Yeah, agreed and looking forward to seeing Tony charging about down the right hand side tomorrow um, we'll, we'll go with the assumption that Welsh and Scales are the centre half pairing for now Carter Vickers hopefully not too far away I think he's been back in the training field for around about a week or so um, we know he's first choice centre half but we'll need to wait to see when he makes his return we'll get to the midfield so obviously if we're going in the basis ask some of this 4-4-2 it's more than likely to be Callum McGregor and Matt O'Reilly, but who do you see being the guys either side of them? Um, I would like to see, I think Maida will start, but I don't think Maida is effective on the right. Tino, I think he's much more effective on the left-hand side, so where does that put Palma then? Um, I would probably give Kuhn a start, but he's. Mm. I thought he came on and looked lively, um, but we've not seen enough of him really to... It's a tough one. Uh, uh, the reason I'm putting him in is because I would like to see Maid on the left. And then for me, that would mean who would we put on the right. I thought Yang actually looked lively as well when he came on. The good yeah. thing is we've got a few options again. The The frustrating thing is we've not got anyone that's really, really made that position their own. Um, and I mm. think that's been the problem in a few areas this season, which which is why we've led to the kind of inconsistencies. Nobody's really came in and said, right, that's my spot and I'm not giving it up. Um I think I think we'll see. What I think we'll see is probably Maida on the right and Palma on the left again. I think he'll start with the same team as last week, um, barring maybe Greg Taylor in. But uh, personally, I, I would like to see what Kuhn can do on that right-hand side. 
it's a home game. Uh, you, you know, he's a type of player that can beat a man. Well, we've been told he's a type of player that can beat a man, and he showed it in flashes. But the Hibs game was really disappointing, where I just didn't see any of that at all. You think maybe a, a home game he might be able to bring that, but we need to start seeing him soon. We brought him in as a, a kind of guy that will come straight into the first team, didn't we? When we when we signed him in January, that was the kind of talk that this guy's, you know, this is not another kind of squad player. It was someone that we were going to see a bit of. So I'm hoping he can come in. But the thing with Palma, he's always good for a goal or an assist. So I can see the argument for both. But the, the reason I'm I'm veering towards Kuhn is just because I don't think Maeda really brings much to the table on that right-hand side. Yeah, so potentially Maeda on the left-hand side and Kuhn on the right. I think you're right, you know, Certainly, you know, we're not writing Kuhn off as much as we, we were critical of his performance at Easter Road because it, it was woeful. There's no dressing up. It was a really poor performance. But you've got to take into consideration the bigger picture and arriving into a new country and, and getting thrown into the deep end and everything that goes with that. I think it's clear the guy's got talent, but whether he's ready just yet to, to bring it to the party remains to be seen. But you're right, Asim, what Brendan Rodgers certainly has now is options that he didn't have even just a few weeks ago. Yang's back. Agreed, looking pretty sharp there against St Martin last week. Kuno give an option, Maeda gives an option, Palma. Um, less said about James Forrest, he's just he's drifted out the picture and I don't think he'll feature, but in terms of the other four, there's calls to be made there, isn't there? The, the thing with Yang, if you remember, what game was it? It was uh, I think it was Aberdeen at home and he started mm. brilliantly. I think that's probably his best performance and he, I think he got in a goal and he was, he was really taking players on. And again, I'm trying to look at the way I want tomorrow to go. I want a really fast start. And I think that'll be the message that Rogers will be sending out as well. Enough mm-hmm. of the patient build-up now. I think we need to kind of just... It needs to be intense. It needs to be shots on goal. It needs to be constantly quick throw-ins, quick corners. Making these teams that like to have time to get into a low block, get into shape. You know what Derek McInnes is like. He'll, he'll drill them well. We need to make it difficult for them. So see our patient build-up. It's not really what's going to hurt them. It has to yeah. be quick and... I hate to go back to it, but it has to be Ange ball again uh, for a while. Brendan needs to park away any ego about his different style of football and think about what's going to work best for this run and what's going to get us the most chances on goal. Um, and I think that's going to be quick football. So, again, it's good to have options. And I'm, while I'm even debating it with you, I'm kind of going through different ideas in my head. Maybe Yang, because Yang, when, one thing that Yang's got, he might not be consistent with his output, but he's direct. He really, yeah. really runs at players and he gets him going backwards. Um, and I'm just thinking maybe that's that's the way to go because I just really want us to make it difficult for teams again where it's just quick, quick, quick football. Um, so it's good to have options. That's a, that's a good thing. And it's just hopefully the, we pick the right ones and, and we make that kind of start that we want to see. Yeah, definitely. Um, just very quickly before we take a, a quick glance at Kilmarnock, we've obviously seen Kyogo in behind Adamida last weekend. There was a bit of chat and we debated it whether... It might be better seeing Kugo, you know, very much at the at the uppermost point of the attack, you know, hovering around the penalty spot in six-yard box, where he's definitely at his most dangerous. He's clearly got the ability to score from outside the box, and you just need to ask Rangers about that. Uh, and he's obviously taken that one at the weekend from the edge of the box against St Murden. But would you prefer him outright up top with either behind, or, or what's your take on that? Um, I think it depends on service. Kugo's brilliant up top right at the top if he's got the service and the problem this season has been there's not been the service for him so it's it's why we've now got into the position where he's coming dropping deep and I think the, the thing with Kyogo he's a good footballer I think it's sometimes overlooked he's actually a very technically good footballer you've seen that last week you've seen it against St Mirren at home I think he linked up well for O's goal in that one a, a few months back he can play that role pretty well he's he's quick with a one-two he's sharp he's he's constantly on the move so 
I don't mind seeing him as a number 10. I don't think it's his best position because I think he's a, a lethal finisher if you give him the service. Uh, but given that we've not really been able to get him that service, then I do feel that when he's playing further up top, he becomes more isolated. Again, we've got the option tomorrow if we play the two of them. They can play almost joined rather than, as I, you know, you mentioned it earlier, four four one one is what I seen mm-hmm. it as last week rather than yeah. the two. Um, we've got the option tomorrow to do that, uh, you know, bigger pitch, more space for for maybe either to drop sometimes and then to kind of rotate that position. But I've got no issues with Kyogo being a link-up player because I think he's pretty good at that as well. Yeah, I think so. And it'll be interesting again. There's obviously some big calls for Brendan Rodgers to make and it'll be very telling as to what he decides to go with on the day. And in terms of Kamarok, um <clears throat> we need no introduction. You know, they've they've beaten us twice this season, earlier on in the League Cup. And then 2-1 was it just before we lost to Hearts as well during that particularly sticky spell in the season. You've mentioned the likes of Armstrong out wide and they've got you know, various other players that can cause us problems. So what are you expecting from them tomorrow? How do they approach a game like this knowing that they've got it in them, certainly at home, to beat Celtic? Yeah, I think it's a different proposition though. I think um, Rugby Park is, is where they're really strong. They've been, since since McInnes has brought them back up, their home form has been terrific. They've they beat us a couple of times. They beat Rangers at the start of the season as well. Uh, they rarely lose at home, but I think away from home, they're still they're still resolute, they're still well-drilled and, and well-set up, but they don't offer as much of a threat. I remember the game at Celtic Park. I thought... I thought we were pretty comfortable. I think that you know we, it was a decent performance. And was what was was it three one in the end? I think we needed a late goal to kind of finish it off. But it was two 0 up. They, they yeah they scored and then it was a wee bit nervy for a bit and then Taylor finished it off. But I think we were pretty comfortable in that game. I think we were dominant. Um, Kilmarnock, yeah, they're a, they're a bit hit and miss away from home. I think their recent form. They've drawn a lot of games. Um, so they'll come into it. I think we we'll, we know what we're going to get from them. I think they'll be. They'll be well drilled, they'll be well set up, but they've got Kevin Van Veen, who's a we all know is a goal threat. So they'll they'll bank on maybe just creating one or two chances in the game and maybe that being enough to nick a goal and just and hope that could be enough for them. And we've got to be wary of that because I think it was a game last year, maybe against Motherwell, where Van Veen had one chance, went up and scored and, and made a an early finish in that game. So <clears throat> Yeah, they're a goal threat. We've mentioned uh, Armstrong um, and we've mentioned that they're defensively pretty physical and, and sound as well. So, yeah, I know I think it's going to be a tough one, which is why I'm 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 really, really hoping that it's not a slow start from us because I think if that gets into the pattern of that kind of game, that will suit them. Uh, I think we just need to really go at them from the off and, and make it uncomfortable for them. Um, and like I say, away from home, they're not as much of a threat. So you, you just hope that we can... I can't remember the last time they, they won at Celtic Park. Um, but yeah, let's just hope we can we can carry that on tomorrow and, and really get get at them early on. There can definitely be anxiety around Celtic Park if we don't score early or if you get nothing each at half time. We've we've seen that in the past, and even we scored early against Hibs, didn't we, over at Easter Road, and and that turned into a bit of a slog as well. Lost I'm just hoping, as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So there's there's no that was was that the only goal of the game. That was one minute. It was one minute, yeah, and then good. we did nothing for the rest of the game. So. <laughs> So I'm I'm torn, but I think in terms of getting the fans on side, and I think the fans are unified behind Celtic. I think it's been a difficult time, you know, certainly around the transfer window, but most of that frustration and that anger, I think, has been directed back towards the club and the recruitment side of what Celtic are doing, less so on Brendan Rodgers and the players, because ultimately all they can do is go out and win games of football. And I know it's not been free-flowing, beautiful stuff to watch at times, but they're winning games. It's eight wins in a draw out the last nine, isn't it? 
And I think the the support, as I mentioned earlier on, have got a huge part to play in terms of not transferring that anxiety onto the pitch. I mentioned at the start, and I'm just going to repeat, I think the Green Brigade initiative tomorrow, singing Grace Early Bells, that potentially could be really, really rousing for the players. And I hope that inspires us on to some some good stuff on the day. As we kind of start to close out, as always, I'll come to you for your scoreline predictions. So we've lost two, we've won one against Kilmarnock. What do you think we're going to see tomorrow? Um, just the fact that we keep conceding. Well, we got a clean sheet last week. Um, I think we'll win three one. I think I think Kamarnik might might nick a goal. Um, just because again we we have shown a bit of defensive frailties, but three um, one. I think we'll, we'll. I'm I'm hoping. I've said it so many times. You just hope that we start with an intensity. So um, I'm hoping we'll we'll rack in a few goals. Obviously, we'd like an even bigger scoreline. It's that stage of the season, though, isn't it? Like like we said at the start of the show, every. Every goal counts now. Um, but if you you offered me a three-one just now, I would take it. I'd, I'd be right behind you on that one. I would absolutely take it. And the three points, first and foremost, is the priority. But it, it, as we all know, goal difference could become a thing. So if you do have a chance to extend that and be ruthless, you know, there's there's no point in doing the whole two goals up thing and just seeing out the game. I think if Celtic have the opportunity, they should be pushing the button to try and get that wee bit more. Uh, in terms of the goal tally up, if we can. You're right to highlight the fact that Kelly do have a genuine goal threat. Van Veen, not played a lot of football this season out in the Netherlands, but he's he's back and available. He started the Scottish Cup game against Cove Rangers last week for Kelly. He's around, Kyle Vassell's around, Marley Watkins, very experienced striker. They've got a young lad, Ben Watson, in the midfield. You've mentioned Armstrong. They have a lot of threats, but I think this is where Celtic's defence, first and foremost, need to stand up. And as much as, as I say, last week against the man wasn't brilliant football, it was a very good defensive display. Scales and Welsh, you mentioned celebrating some of their blocks and tackles. That's their job. That's what they're there to do. And I'm in a fairly comfortable position. Yes, I'd rather have Cameron Catter-Vickers back and you can debate Alistair Johnson and other things. But I'm fairly confident in the four that will line up tomorrow that we've got enough to close the door and hopefully then go and do our own thing at the top of the park. Asim, any final comments as we start to wrap this one up? Yeah, just to touch on the, the, the way the fans and the players kind of feed off each other. And I think that will be important tomorrow because you're right. I think everything before is now kind of in the past. You know, you look at even that Ross County game, it was still under the guise of a lot of frustration around the transfer window and things like that. I think now that's all over. I think tomorrow everyone will go in quite galvanised. Celtic work sometimes when our backs are against the war where we're kind of underdogs because you see the narrative this week. It's all about the team across the city. Everyone's talking about, oh, they could have gone top. Well, they didn't. And now that they didn't go top, it's sort of, oh, they're joint top, you know, so they'll they try to spin everything in, in one way. And the fact of the matter is we're still top. We've had a couple of chances to go top, they didn't. Um, and you see it from the kind of managers fighting talk, Callum McGregor's fighting talk. You know, we've we've got the guys that have been there and done it. And and I think naturally there'll be nerves in the stadium tomorrow. But if we can if we can really go out and get a couple of early goals and just lift the place, think of the kind of mood and the feel-good factor that'll bring. Um, and then we put the pressure on to, to our rivals for for the following day. So, yeah, three points are the most important thing. But I think if we start well um, and things go well early on, it, it could be quite a, a significant day for us just to really, really put out a statement victory. Yeah, 100%. You know, it's a, it's a big game to look forward to. Um, vital three points at stake. That's the most important thing. But I think, generally speaking, the fans are going to this in, in good spirits. I can hear you excited yourself, looking forward to Asim as am I. So hopefully... A big day for Celtic against Kamalik. Thanks to Asim, as always, for joining us here on the show. Thanks to everyone who's joined us on the live, as well as anyone tuning in on podcast. We'll be back shortly after the final whistle tomorrow with the final show, hopefully on the back of another big three points. We'll see you again for that one.
Social Podcast Network.